Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement. And that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here with your co-host, back in the studio today for another Hebrews episode, the great Professor Penn. Uh, welcome back to the studio, Professor Penn. And we're happy to have everybody here again this evening. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't been, tune in Monday through Friday, every weeknight, Monday through Friday on the John Fredericks Radio Network for the Royce White Radio Show that, that airs at 9 p.m. Eastern on the John Fredericks Radio Network. You'll also be able to hear the playbacks on YouTube, on Rumble in the weeks to come. You'll also be able to hear them on a new audio platform podcast channel entitled The Royce White Show, where we will have the radio show playbacks as well as The Royce White Show premiering this Saturday with Real America's Voice. Uh, so a lot, of, a, lot on the, a lot on the docket. Um, go to Royce White, at Royce White. Uh, USA on YouTube, youtube.com backslash at Royce White USA. And there we'll have the uh, the audio videos as well of the radio show with subtitles and, and other audio visual aids. Uh, so trying to be a little bit everywhere for you guys to, to get to the content. Today we got the great Professor Penn back in the studio. Welcome back, Professor Penn. We're, 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 it's good we're, to be here. Good we're to happy be here. to have you. We're yeah, happy to nice have to you. Nice to see you. Um, this is the only chance I get to see you when we do these now. I know. I'm you get busy, so busy. Busy. Unbelievable. Busy, busy. But, you know, we are uh, we like it busier rather than not. Um, yeah, we, 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 the only thing to talk about is World War III. I mean, we might as well just dive straight into the, the World War III of the, of the day. Um, I want to hear your take on what you've been, what you've been seeing. Uh, I know before we got on just now, the, the Senate – passed a bill to fund all three of the uh, the potential land wars on the Eurasian landmass. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, all of, three wars on the Eurasian landmass. Two out of three are well underway. Two out of three are. I'd say all three are well underway. Well, they haven't really popped off there in the South China Sea yet. Yeah, they popped off. They sent us a bioweapon, so. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty much just it's popping a off It's 95 billion. 95 billion. As my father used to say, a mere bagatelle. It's only $100 billion. Come on. It's not a lot of money. $100 billion to refortify all three forever wars. You know, it's a cover story. The $100 billion. Mm -hmm. It makes, it covers up, you know, they just audited recently. This is very recent, like in the last couple months. By statute, they have to audit the inventory of the U U.S. Defense Department. Right. The DOD, they audit. They spent $88 million which is not a small amount of money. People say, well, how do you do it? Well, $88 million, that's an army of accountants. They sent them out. Do you know what they found? Fraud. They found out they are <laughs> expecting to count $4 trillion of weapons in inventory, but they could only find $2 trillion. $2 trillion. It reminds me of that scene <laughs> from Goodfellas. You know what? Remember when they're bringing in the liquor in the front door? and it's going out the back door, I think this $100 billion is just to, you know, have a little plausible deniability like there's some funding. Because mm -hmm. what really happened was half the inventory is gone. 
it's just it's, gone. It's already there. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. You know, like the Matrix. It's uh, everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean? I mean, obviously, obviously, we're on the, the war path with Russia in a major way. Um, you got Poland. They're operationalizing in their their airspace, uh, fortifying their border. They Sweden. shot down. They shot down three Russian cruise missiles last night. So they say. So they say. They say they're Russian cruise missiles. That's what they say. Well, well how we, do you know? We don't know. Yeah. How does matter. anybody know? We don't know. Just like you know, Russia blew up the Nord Pipeline, right? For a while. And then we found out it was somebody else. Somebody else. You know, there's great. It's hilarious because you can go right on YouTube. And Victoria Newland and President Biden saying we will blow up the Nord Pipeline. Well, they didn't, be no, they didn't say the Nord it quite. Stream. They implied. No, they did. They said it. Well, they did I mean, say it, but it was a threat. I mean, the threshold for for evidence and proof that you need these days to to verify that somebody said something below brow uh, is well. That's that's an admittance. You know, my spirits are when, when they say that that Donald Trump is. Uh, that Donald Trump is dog whistling white supremacy for any number of things he says, like let's have a border. Then when you say, if need be, we will destroy the Nord Stream pipeline. What am I supposed to think? I mean, the threshold for proof has to the the the, the burden of proof's got to be the same for everybody. It's funny. <laughs> this, this this lion is becoming so evident now. I recognize because, and I do want to say this for everybody. We are a political action broadcast. We're not doing this to sit up here and just talk. There's actually a political movement here, and everyone who's watching and listening can help by following Royce on X. You can follow Professor Penn on X. I'm at Prof Penn Podcast. We want to go confront and work together as a community to reveal some of this... uh, skullduggery and these lies. Yeah. But the lies are getting so bold. They're actually getting funny. It's actually getting funny. I was <laughs> No, really, it's making me, I mean, because the narrative's breaking down. Yeah. I mean, that's that gives one hope and gives one levity. Cuz when you lie at this level, like the just the one today, we were driving remember we were driving in the car, I said the Associated Press came out with a an article just today. You can go look it up. Don't take it from me. Go look it up. Go up, and they put out a thing that the national debt, the publicly held national debt, was at 99% of GDP. And the reason why they said that is those of us in the know recognize that in the history of humanity, when a debt exceeds the GDP of a country, it doesn't get paid back. It's never happened before. I'm not saying we couldn't pay it back. But it's looking very unlikely. And they were very careful about this. They said 99%. I thought 99%? We owe $34 trillion and our GDP is $26 trillion. What happened? Well, Voila. the Fed, the Federal Reserve is holding $9 trillion, trillion on their books. And mm-hmm. you know what that's telling me? That's not public debt. The Federal Reserve is a private enterprise. Well, that's not, that's not new news. The, the Fed being a private enterprise is 100%. I didn't say it was new. I'm saying it's going to bust out into it's the serious. old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's like. But, I mean, it's always, I mean, you, you watch The Creature on Jekyll Island. I, I I think next week 
maybe this weekend I'm gonna run the crib. I just keep throwing stuff back in people's face. I'm not doing it to be flipping or 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 uh, or or an asshole. But I mean, some of this stuff, you know, we we all sort of pretend like we don't know what the answers are, and that really bothers me. Because when you're an athlete, uh, if, if there's a problem, the answer is the answer, and and you you download the answer, you get the answer, and you you apply the answer. There's none of this fucking around, playing around like there's like like you know we don't know what the answer is. You know, it's just like this fucking guy just hit four straight threes on you. You got to get out to him cl- sooner. You got to be closer. You got to make him more uncomfortable. If you don't, he's gonna fucking bust your ass. I can testify watching you play basketball that when that happens, there's some screaming. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a fucking around matter. It can lead to some. You know, jostling you know what I'm after the game. You know what I mean? I've so, seen it lead to some jostling after the game. You know game. what I'm saying? Holding people so, accountable. So, so what I'm saying is, you know, this whole kind of fugazi we got going in American culture, like we don't know what the answer is, really kind of bothers me. The answer's so, simple. Well, I mean, just let's talk about the Fed. The Fed is a private institution. It is. It's a bunch of private bankers. They've been in power for a very long time. We don't need to talk about Rothschilds or conspiracy theories or anything like that. If you want to talk about banking as a genuine conspiracy. The Federal Reserve is one of the most open and blatant financial conspiracies in the history of our country, at least the, the history of the entire world. Of the history of the world. Yeah, yes. it's right there in the open. So yeah, it's a private institution. But but even more, I, I keep trying to tell people this. I keep saying, uh, the, 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 even the idea that we can't pay the debt back is, is a scam. I mean, there's a scam nestled within a scam here. I mean, if the, if the money's phony, which the money is phony, the money is phony in general. Okay, let's just put that on the table. Whether or not you, as an American working class citizen, has to pay a dollar to taxes or pay a dollar for gas is not the point. The point is there's a level with which economics and currency become almost completely fictitious. I mean, there's no real substance to it because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a piece of paper. It's a paper. It's paper money. It's 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 and even more so. It's electronic money. Okay. I I read. So if, I don't if, know if it's it, true that ninety seven percent of the money is mm-hmm. now electronic. Okay. So my point is, if the money's fake, yeah, the money is fake. If the money is fake, why can't we pay back the debt? It doesn't make any sense. Because we keep making more debt. No, no, no. But that's not even the problem. Whoever holds the debt, if the money is fake, if you can print another $100 billion to send to the Ukraine overnight that you don't have, then you could print $100 billion to start paying the debt. So why don't they just pay the debt? Because That's not how money works, right? Well, no, that's not how slavery works. There you go. That's my point. Right. Them not paying the debt is a conscious choice. They could take the same yeah, fiat. We're being enslaved. We're they being... could take the same fiat phony money. And they could say, you know what, whoever holds the bonds, whatever countries we owe, here's the paper money. We're giving the same people the paper money anyway when we go to print these, these continued resolutions to raise the debt ceiling and send money for any of these other agendas. It's the same money anyway. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, a triple scam going on here. And, and we're caught up in it. Like, we believe in the debt, but we believe in fiat currency. We believe in the Fed. And you believe that your local Wells Fargo is holding your cash in case you need to go get ten thousand dollars i mean it's as, all as long as too many people don't go on the same day it works just fine okay my point is but the but that's a cash thing when it comes to global macroeconomics the money is getting exchanged on paper 
It's getting exchanged on computers. Digitally. There is no, there is no bank run problems on the debt. Just pay the fucking money. Print it. Print $30 trillion. I mean, what's good? They're acting like the- Well, that'd be the same thing as saying write it off. Just write it off. It's not real in the first place. This is the part that if the AP is going to go out and say that we're at 99% of GDP right. and leave off the $10 trillion that the Fed's holding, which was created money, monetized debt, there was never even- Right. Money it's borrow. It, it's it's the vig. We're, yeah, we're just on pay, the thirty four trillion we're, nine we're, trillion. Is the we're vig. just pay, well, the, no, we're paying the vig on the nine trillion. No, no, I get that, but I'm saying the nine trillion is but there. But they created it. Yes, there was not profit. There was no yes. sweat that created that. Yes, there was no creativity. It's their, no it's their broker fee. There, it's just BS. Yeah, that's we're their just fee. paying back interest <laughs> to a private institution yeah. that is vested with the authority to create money. It's the greatest scam. If you and I try it, we're going to jail. Of course. No, George mean, Floyd. Come on. Counterfeit money. Lost his life over that yeah, $20 bills. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's, and you know, I say counterfeit money. Counterfeit money. You guys want to talk about <laughs> counterfeit money? <laughs> George Floyd. Oh, that's really funny. George Floyd. That's really funny. You guys want to talk about counterfeit money? So if you counterfeit up $9 trillion, you're good to go. But if you, you get caught with a 20 <laughs> I think Bob Dylan had a song like that. Exactly had that line. Bob Dylan, he said, uh, steal a little and they throw you in jail, steal a lot and they make you the king. Yeah. And there it is, right there. Perfect example. It's Well, Bob was all over the top Just, of it. And that's why this is the belly of the beast. That's why I brought people to the Federal Reserve. This I went with you. Remember when ridiculous. I went with you? I went with you to the Federal Reserve. This is ridiculous. $20 bills, and you could have a fistful of them. You could have $1,000 in counterfeit $20 bills, and it has no no impact on the rule of law you know, you could start, at the level of the Fed. I got to tell you something. I remember the first time this came up. I was younger than you. I was like 23, 24 years old, and I had this mentor, mm -hmm. and this guy, this guy was hilarious. He's dead now. I'm going to say his name. His name was Joe B. Thomas. I'd never met anybody like this before. Joe was a big man, big. And he came off the airplane, and I picked him up at the airport, and he was wearing a full-body-length Gestapo-style leather jacket. Mm -hmm. And I was young. I was not used to this kind of thing. And I looked at him, and I thought, this guy is a Nazi. And it turned out he was. Anyhow. On that trip, he started saying things to me like, this is like a long time ago. We're talking about early 80s. He said, Mr. Penn, do you know that dollar in your pocket only has a value because all these dummies think it has a value? He said, the first moment <laughs> they figure out that it's paper, it has no value. So when we talk like this, it's... Uh, dangerous? It is very dangerous. It's yeah. not dangerous. I mean, look. It's the truth. Look, there's nothing wrong with having currency. There's nothing wrong with having money. <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with having banks so that people can take loans to, to create things that, that have a future value that we can measure. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I want to create a business. I want to build a building. We all can agree that the building is going to have. I mean, there is proof to the economic model. Look at New York City. It's a perfect example. The New York City real estate market is gargantuan it's almost unreal how how and that's real value that's not fake value i mean that's people buying up commercial space 
to run a business or run a number of businesses or goods or services, and they're they're making ends meet. Okay, so I'm not against us having an economy. What I'm against is printing fake money at a level that puts us in debt, then telling us it's a debt when it's not really a debt, and then you come down with an iron fist on a George Floyd. And then we in the conservative movement go, oh, George Floyd was a criminal. He had all these counterfeit dollars and blah, blah, blah. And then you walk past the Federal Reserve. You walk past the Federal Reserve or drive past the Federal Reserve. Every single, I fucking hate when that happens. You walk past the Federal Reserve or drive past the Federal Reserve every single day and you don't even turn your head. How many people do you think drive down Hennepin Avenue and never even look at the Federal Reserve and know what it is? Neil Kashkari. <coughs> Neil Kashkari, who is the Minneapolis Fed sure. president. Sure, yeah. You know, back before COVID, when I was still weightlifting regular, mm-hmm. he used to go over and he'd work out at, 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 at that club, that Plymouth club, where we go sometimes, right? Which one, the Lifetime? Lifetime in Plymouth, right? Mm-hmm. And I know who he was right away because he's a st- striking-looking, alien-looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, I I was on the same workout schedule with him, and I was shocked. I mean, this is going on for months. And he'd go in there, and nobody'd say a word to him. Nobody knows who he is. I walked up to him, and I said, you know, Mr. Kashkari, it's nice to meet you. Nobody knows who you are in here, but I do. And it scared the living shit out of him. He got scared. He really got scared. But my my point about him was he was just That's a strange thing to say to somebody. That I know who you are? Yeah. You think it was strange? Well, just working out. I mean, over a, over a couple of curls and a couple of leg presses. That's kind of a well. That, you know, this that's is a freaky this thing is to a say. this is a Fed president <laughs> going down here and lifting, and he's completely he's not guarded. He's completely yeah. Yeah. exposed because he's not important. Well, I don't know that he's not important. Just give me a fucking break. Oh, they he, could stick any fucking Wharton Business School Finocchio in the chair well, of a that's, Fed. That's it. But you know, he could be the Fed president someday. He still wouldn't be important. Well, Fed president's important. No, he's not. Yes, he Janet is. Yellen, these people are not important. You could substitute them with anybody. That's why they do the bidding of the establishment well, because they know they're they, replaceable. But that's the point, right? They are important because they've given over. I was watching Cash But the, what I'm saying is they're all interchangeable. You could put a blink well, in it. There's always uh, enough. Not a blink in a, what was my guy's name? Winking, Who, blinking, and not. No, no. Jake yeah, Sullivan? No, no. What was my guy's name that was the ch- Bernanke? It could be Bernanke. It could Greenspan, be Yellen. It could Yellen. be Kashkari. It could be Greenspan. It could be anybody. These people mean nothing. They're just, they are the prototypical administrative puppets that that look like they have power on paper to other people oh, who are in government. Oh, you're saying they're actors. I'm not, I don't even say they have to be actors. They may actually believe in the in the in the institution. They may believe in the policy. They may believe their own bullshit. But what I'm saying is, when push comes to shove, what expertise do they bring? None. The the, the country's in 34 trillion in debt. I think that is their expertise. <laughs> that's what. That's, I, that's, that's their expertise. That's pretty. You know, if you think about it, if you just <laughs> sit back and think that you can convince 300 million people. For no personal benefit, like I have loans, like, you know, I'm in business, I have loans, mm-hmm. and they are there to support the growth of a business. But they convinced 300 million American citizens to go $34 trillion in debt, and I personally, and I, I'm 
you know, a, you know, I'm not rich. I mean, I'm just a regular guy. I don't know that I got any value out of that. Although Elizabeth Warren will tell me, you know, the roads and, but the actual the who, roads, yeah, that you know, <laughs> that, you know, my business is dependent on you know the roads. AOC says it, you know, that uh, my business is it's not really created by me. It's the society, and there's an element of truth in every lie. But I will assure you that my businesses are created by me. They're my artwork. Like when I watch you play mm-hmm. basketball, there's an art to that thing that I appreciate because I'm an athlete, right? right? Well, what we don't appreciate is, and there's so much judgment against uh, business owners and business creators, like we're greedy without any understanding of the risk involved, the courage that's required, the personal sacrifice and personal mm-hmm. commitment, which is similar to athletics. Yeah. And it angers me that we're precluding American citizens <laughs> from taking self-governance through self-employment. They're crushing that part, when I say they, the Fed, by rapidly raising the interest rates like this. They're crushing independent business. They're crushing small business. Small, they're crushing small business. Mm-hmm. Crushing. No, they're crushing big business. Well, they're court, they're crushing everything up to, as our good friend Tom says, if I can use this word, the tallest of the midgets. Right. But the ones that are not midgets, they're getting, it's all, money's going uphill and shit's coming I mean, but at the, at the end of the day, you got to think, even a, even a Walmart, for example, right? I mean, once a company becomes so big, putting that bottle right in the camera, even when a company becomes so big that you, um, that you, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, a company becomes so big that it's publicly traded and then BlackRock gets their 10% and then Vanguard gets their 7%. I mean, I mean, who actually owns it? I mean, I think we have a kind of a fictitious view of, of ownership in this country, especially a big co- corporation. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to comment on that because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like for example, Mrs. Professor Penn has her own money because it's before she and I got involved. Mm-hmm. And she's invested in her mind very wisely. She put her money in after the crash of 2008, right? Mm-hmm. And so she feels like she's a genius investor. And I think a lot of people feel this way because when you're making a one-way bet, when your government is putting a trillion or $2 trillion in the pot every year to make sure the bubble keeps getting bigger, hey, a lot of money to be made. Well, I, I saw this a lot on uh, X over the last couple of weeks, but they're saying Donald Trump, oh, Joe uh, Scarborough on mm-hmm. uh, Morning Joe. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump wants the economy to fail. He wants Americans to lose their 401ks. <laughs> yeah. And what he's saying is, hey, hey, you're all in on it. All you people, don't, don't. Don't think about that business model of slavery, drugs, and piracy. Don't think about these three wars. This is the Aaron Burnett story with, oh, these are American jobs. I had a guy on X show up and say to me. The money's going to American companies. These are American companies with American jobs building American weapons that yeah. kill Russians. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. I, but you know my Go point. Go fuck yourself. But you know what? No, well, let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's get down to the nitty-gritty Let's get on down this. to it. The single greatest weakness of America's economy and America's national security 
is we are not our own reliable source of manufacturing. Simple. So you can defend the empire, but it's very hard to defend an empire where you promised material prosperity, technological prosperity, and security, and you can offer neither. You can't be a Ponzi schemer and not, and not make good and deliver on the promises. And right now, we're not, make, we're not able to deliver and make good on the promises. Why would you say that? We're not able to deliver the material promises. What do you we, mean? They're just going to print up some more money. No, no, but that's not going to cut it. It's that, not? No. no What's the shortfall? Not. Absolutely not. What's because all of these people, all of these vassal states, they have, to, they have to contend with the spirit of the people that they preside over and govern over. If those people aren't material, if the people in America aren't materially satisfied with their life, it doesn't matter what you say on paper at the top end of the hill. Are, are, are you saying that people are no longer materially satisfied? Of course not. These fucking jerk-offs are on, on, on fucking Instagram flying to fucking Abu Dhabi and pretending that they're living some luxurious lifestyle they can barely afford for the single weekend. And they think they need to keep it up. Of course they're not able to, of course they're not satisfied materially. They're materially demoralized. So what we're saying is, is there's a lot of American citizens that have no borders spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. But my, and my point is, if you can defend the empire, that's fine. But you better damn well make sure that you can make the essentials you need to defend the empire. Because these other countries that we gave these false promises to, they're starting to look at the deal and go, wait a minute. All you guys are doing is printing phony money to buy airplanes to bomb us into submission. You're not offering your end of the deal. You're trying Unless to bully us. Unless you're part of Operation Prosperity Guardian, then you're on the other side of the football. It's right, not that America's right. by itself. Right. There's a lot of people. I mean, that's what we've got now is this conflict about a multipolar world. That's that's what's going on. You know, this is um, this goes into the whole Putin thing and getting the truth out. I, right. This is on this one issue, truth. Because now, you know, you got me hooked on this social media. It's you. I used to think we'd go out to eat, right? And, you know, I'm older than you. Everybody knows it. And you'd be looking at your phone, and I'd be thinking, this motherfucker has no respect. Now I'm out with Mrs. Professor Penn last night. I'm playing with my ex. She goes, I can't believe you're acting like this. But I get it because when you get in there, it's a full blast commitment. Full commit. contact sport. It is, and it's fun. I mean, it actually is fun for the people that can do it. I'm good at it. I like doing it, and I'm like, but my point is on X this week, the Biden, mm. he has his own account there. He, he announces for the first time, Mexico is now our biggest trading partner. They've passed the Chinese. Mm. because President Biden is confronting and defeating the Chinese on the economic... Are they, are they counting illegal immigrants? Is that part of the trade? Are those part of the units they're counting? No, what they're, what they're not <laughs> talking about is, is the reason why Mexico is growing so quickly mm. is because the Chinese are relocating into Mexico. <laughs> I mean, that's what's driving it. And, you know, everybody knows I'm in the tire business, and I, w and I, I made a statement on mm. one of my podcasts. I don't know, there might not be anybody more knowledgeable about the tire business than I am. I've been doing it since 79 at every level, and I watch it really closely because it's... Essential a, industry, too. It's essential, and it is a microcosm of the macrocosm. One, a supplier that I've been buying from, a Chinese-based supplier, uh, Jiangsu Rubber Company, the largest Chinese-owned 
Tire Company, they just announced this morning they're opening a factory in Satillo, Mexico, mm-hmm. and they'll be open in 2025. Great. So the uh, U.S. MCA seems to be a big business opportunity for the Chinese. They're coming to town in a big way, and when they come, let me tell you how they come. They bring a mold shop to make the tire molds. They bring a carbon black manufacturer to make carbon black. They open up a, they buy a steel plant. Okay. They're coming, they come really organized. Like when we do stuff, it's ad hoc, right? Nobody has like a master plan because we're not state centrally planned. This is where they have such a great advantage and they're smart. I don't hate the Chinese people. What I hate is my leadership that sold my business and my family out. I am mad at my people. What I can change through my own political activity, I can't change what the Chinese do. And they don't care what I have to say. Right. But I have political influence and I have a vote. I can be politically active. My gosh, what are we doing to our country? That's what you're saying. If we can't manufacture, how do we keep the scam running? Right. We just, we're, there's a, a. No, it's not a scam if you manufacture. It's for real, isn't it? That's the point. If you manufacture, it's no longer a scam. If you manufacture, you're actually, you can deliver on the, you, 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 you got juice. You know what the problem is with manufacturing? Can I tell you what the problem is? Hmm. People. What? What's wrong with people? They're hard to manage. No, fuck off. No, no, it's hard to manage people. They fuck go off. on strike. The manufacturing they is, don't come into work. The manufact- this is another scam. The no, manufacturing no. is not even people-based. No, I'm talking about historically. I know, Why but I'm talking about offshored, now. Well, now when well, why are they not doing it again? Let's go. Let's deal with things. Oh, as you're they talking are. about Industrial Revolution 4.0. Let's talk about things as they are. If if manufacturing has become so easy through technology, through 3D printing and and machines and all, what what have you, then why now do we have an example? I mean, I, I know why you justified it in the 70s. Oh, the, the the Jimmy Hoffas of the world and the unions, you know, they 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 press too far, and now we got to pay the working man. $30 an hour? Oh, my God, we can't pay $30 an hour. We can't afford it. Oh, my God. Uh, I know that story. But what's the story now? The story now is, we don't need you. What are we going to do with all these people? You know what Harari said? Give them drugs. And video games. But my point and is, no, no, from a national security standpoint, why now not turn on the manufacturing here at home if you don't have to worry about paying the people, which they don't have to worry about? You know, there's an interesting thing I've perceived with this manufacturing, because now we're talking about the manufacturing of weapons, something we're still very good at here in the United States, an area of core competency, one might say. Mm. What I've recognized, because, of course, I'm a news junkie, is we don't have to make the weapons here. Like uh, the Patriot missile batteries, one of our greatest accomplishments. They've licensed Mitsubishi in Japan to build them. Oh, great. That would be the... that company built the Mitsubishi Zero. You know, all those young men that are at the bottom of Pearl Harbor, they were killed by Mitsubishi. But now, they're on the home team. Mm-hmm. We license them. They do the work. Mm-hmm. So now the manufacturing of our military hardware has been globalized. Right. Isn't that great? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fucking retarded. Well, it kind of fought, flies it's retarded, in the face number one. of all these people that come up and say, we're building American weapons in America, why, paying why, American why, workers. Why the fuck do these people trust the Japanese? Let's talk about that. 
Well, why, why do you, you know, what, what do you think, you think, you think that the Japanese, I mean, these people's short history is so, you know, these people in Japan, they didn't forget. They didn't forget. I mean, you know, you, you, we, we neutered their military. See, we all, we, we in America, we think we're playing them. I mean, well, that's a good point. We think that we're, we think that we're, we're kind of just, you know, the, the smartest, most clever thing on the fucking playground. Yeah, okay, we had the bombs, we dropped them, we had the balls to use them, we, we beat them into submission, and now they've been sitting there waiting. And they're going to wait until it's advantageous for them, and guess when it'll be advantageous for them? When China decides to go in on Taiwan, and the Japanese go, oh, wait, wait a second, uh, you know what I think? I think you fuckers are a little too far to, to, to side with. And really, we don't have an army, I mean... Part of this entire South Pacific Sea strategy, as I hear from these Navy admirals, is well, it's not just America. We're not just there. We got allies. And our allies are the Filipino Army and the, the Japanese Army and the South Korean Army and the Vietnam Army and all these other countries who are hostile to a China-centric hegemony in the region, too. Okay, until they're not. Until the Koreans decide, mm, we're going to roll with the winner here. Because when you when you do that type of game where it's based on who has the bigger gun, you're just setting up for them to go with the winner. You're setting it up for them to trade up, for them to trade sides. We're seeing in the Middle East too, same thing. It's already happened. Right. It's happened right now in the Middle East. Where <clears throat> do you think is next? The South China, that whole region, the Indo-Pacific is going to be next. Where everybody there starts going, what the fuck? Off? This is, oh, you're, you're starting a beef with them and you want our soldiers to pay for it? Well, how are you going to make us? But we have, uh, we have some... Uh, historical and energetic allies in the region mm -hmm. that are going to go right down to the bottom of the sea with us. Who? The Australians. Oh, fuck, fuck, you can't trust the Aussies They're, anyway. Oh, yes, you can. They're part of the crown. You They're, can't trust them. Oh, yes, you, you can. No, you can't trust no, them either. yes, you can. No, you can't. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody I who's going to lock the crowd, their citizens down. I think Britain... And their former no, colony, they, no, fuck that. They're, they're way too far. First off, you the, don't think so? The Aussies, you can't trust them. The Crown can't trust them. Nobody can trust the Aussies. They're their own people. So your theory, the and case is, it's every man for themselves. They're they're on their it's own island. Close. You're they're, it's, they're on an island. When you're on an island, when you're on an island by yourself, when shit hits the fan and it's a crisis, you start to think about the the geographical reality. You know, we're on an island. Uh, you know, on this Fuck issue, the way I'm going to tell you something. I disagree with you on this one. I think you can't that the, trust a country that locked their citizens down. Period. Well, I don't give a fuck I, about no. History. That's all about compliance. I right. think that the Australians and the New Zealands mm -hmm. and the British and the Americans, okay, the Five Eyes and the Israelis, the Israelis, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there is some core sharing of resources. Yeah. And you know, it's kind until, of, until it's, it, yeah, yeah, on paper, when you're in a fucking boardroom and you're writing it out on paper and you know, you're making fucking calls and your little posh, you know, uh, Eurocentric fucking, you know, cosmopolitan world, you know, with your little fucking uh, pin on your lapel and yeah, everybody's a part of their own international alliance. Yeah. It all sounds good then until China pushes that Russia's prime example. Russia's a prime example right now. Everybody's on the oh, the Italians, they trust NATO. They trust our protection. Until the Houthis go a little too far, then the Italians go, fuck you people. We're gonna put our own fucking response in. Now what? Now are the Italians acting within the NATO alliance? Or are they saying, in a time of crisis, we gotta think about our own interests? 
that's how the game goes in real in the real world. None of these people are really experienced in. in I, I think culturally in the crisis I, I that's think, coming. I think the Japanese, uh, well, they do have a you know a real beatdown from the United States, and they have a memory of it. Mm-hmm. I think what they really fear is a beatdown from the Chinese. There's real cultural hatred there. I mean, I, I just can report that because. I've been there and talked. We to dropped them. two atomic bombs on them. Yeah, well, they fear the Chinese way more than the United States. Mm. They hate the Chinese. They fought a many. I know, I know, other. I know. They had a big war. They had, a, you know. I mean, Korea was just a way to walk back and forth. You know. I get it. I get it. You know that the, the the Japanese and the Chinese got a hard on for it. Okay, throw Japan out. Okay, maybe Japan. Will well, vote. that might anchor Australia, New Zealand, and. There is a what about sense. the other country? What about the I Philippines? Think, I think Philippines. What Vietnam, about Vietnam? Vietnam has uh, been standing on two boats since Ho Chi Minh. Okay. What about Korea? South Korea. I think that even uh, South Korea. I, I think, think North South Korea, South Korea, Korea play I their own. I think those Koreans are in it, like Democrats and Republicans. There you go. Okay. So when push comes to shove, I don't know. The Koreans are not reliable. All right. So why do we keep talking about this? So we plan. Let, when let, I let, say let, reliable, let me just edit that. What does that mean? Let me tell you what we plan to do. We plan to hold a gun to the rest of these Indo-Pacific nations and, and then tell the American people that we're strong and fortified in the region. That's what we plan on doing. That's what, that's what, that's what our strategy is. That's what our Indo-Pacific strategy is. That these people hate the Chinese just as much as we do. They love the dollars. As long as that dollar, that's part of the bribery. That's that material high until the dollar until the dollar if the dollar goes fails, bust. Move, that's well. Ultimately, it's a currency war. I mean, this that's is right. I mean, really, it's a currency. I don't want to hear they hate the Chinese. They all, all hate of, the Chinese. All of you people are Chinese to me. Okay, you can take that position, but having been there dozens of times, I know you have. Your own I culture. have my own view of this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you that the Japanese and Chinese don't trust each other. Okay, I they don't trust don't. my next door neighbor. Doesn't right. fucking matter when a fire hits and a tornado hits. You motherfuckers get under. The, the you Japanese get to the lowest point the same way. Chinese. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that is probably when a crisis a hits. Reliable American. Not. I don't even like talking this way. When a crisis it sounds hits, like I'm backing up the security arrangement. I'm not. When a crisis hits, when a crisis hits, the Bloods and the Crips they go find seek lowest, uh, uh, you know, strongest shelter like anybody else. And what I'm saying is all of these boardroom sort of uh, military uh, ideas, uh, geopolitics, they all feel and sound good on paper. When the shit really hits the fan, which they're pushing it to, things change quick. That's why they call it the fog of war, the law of unintended consequences. Nobody knows what the fuck's going to go on when China actually goes. Nobody knows what, nobody knew what was going to happen when Russia went. Everybody, didn't the Victoria Newlands and all these fucking uh, geopolitical military experts tell us that Vladimir Putin was was just bluffing? That he wouldn't actually invade uh, these other countries because it wasn't in his interest and he wasn't suicidal? Didn't they say that? They said it before Crimea. Putin goes. I'm sure. They say it before Ukraine. Putin goes. Now they're saying Poland. He, not- oh, he won't go into Poland. He's just bluffing. But now they're operating. Now they're, they're the polls are lying. getting. Re- they're getting ready to get they're down. Just, but my point: they're just lying. They're just fucking lying. They're hoping that everybody believes in the lie the same way they do with the fucking money. Then they think Putin and those guys believe in the lie. Now Putin and everybody else, all the rebels to the American hegemony, they're all going fuck you. We were calling your bluff. And Tucker, who's going to go over and take an interview, 
is a traitor and they don't want to let him back in the country. Of course. As if we're not supposed to hear what Putin says. That's going to get 500 million views. Yeah. That could be a game changer because, well, let me just say, I don't know where you think about it, how you think about it, but I'll share how I think about it. Mm -hmm. Why am I paying money to be the muscle to defend the remnant of the British Empire? I just don't get it. The more I think about it, the more it's, and then this guy on X says to me, this was so honest. He goes, our prosperity depends on the post-World War II democratic liberal order. Who said that? Some guy on X. A fucking Republican? I, I, no, he was a, actually, he was a Democrat. He had a, well, of course his he icon was Franklin Roosevelt. For of his, course he thinks that. Right, yeah. he thinks that. Suck a dick, buddy. Suck a dick. Unbelievable. Fuck you. The post-World War II democratic liberal order is a fucking scam. It's a scam from the very beginning. There's no rules-based. How can you have a rules-based order and say that the Ukraine's territorial integrity is a rule that we must follow, but America's southern border is arbitrary? Because it's ours, I guess. I don't. There's no. There's no way to. There's, Fine, but I mean, if I mean that that would make sense. If you're if you're Italy, okay, and you're in the NATO alliance, and you're fucking you're fucking Poland, okay, and you go, hey, 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 Ukraine's first priority. America's southern border. You guys figure it out. Distant second. That makes sense because you're fucking European. That makes a lot of sense. You're about a stone's throw from the action. If you're American, how do you go before the American people and justify that the territorial integrity of a rules-based order in a country that was a part of the Russian Federation, the Soviet Union, 70 years ago is more important than our own Mexican border? Doesn't even... that. It's not even logical. It takes a lot of brainwashing. Holy cow. So, of course, a Democrat cuck is going to say that the post-World War II Democratic liberal order is the stability of our prosperity. Fuck you, motherfucker. These are the people who were pretending to be freedom fighters and anti-establishment uh, war protesters back in the 60s. No, you people were just getting high. You were getting high on fucking mushrooms and marijuana and running around with the hairy pits and, and, the, and, the, and the fucking weird-ass patchouli that y'all were smoking and drinking and you eating. You know, I say that and, all the and, time. And, you know, little uh, 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 instruments that you were rubbing on each other and, and going off to, to wild, wild country with Rajneesh and, and getting lost in all this fucking Buddha, voodoo, uh, uh, you know, kundalini and shit, okay? This is, you people were just high as fuck. And you just look for the biggest thing you can moment, latch on to. It was a to. moment of great freedom. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking people weren't anti-establishment, anti-war. It's showing. It's showing now. What's the difference between now and then? You know and what? Then? Let me just say, at the time, at the time, I was there. Mm -hmm. You were not. Mm -hmm. There were people that were actually anti-war. Anti Where are they at now? Dead? Well, my father's dead. Yeah, a lot of them are okay. dead. But well, some of them went completely batshit so crazy. So their kids were Let never really... Let me give really... you an example that I think is worth actually talking about. Okay. My mother ran the Minnesota campaign mm -hmm. for Senator Eugene McCarthy in 1968. He was the anti-war candidate. He was defeated, and his, his movement was crushed. Anyhow, you know who worked on that campaign with my mother was Chuck Schumer. And I, I tech, you know, I mean, it was a tweet, so who cares? Of course. But I said to myself, what happened between 68 and 2024 that turned you into such a fucking neocon? Because these people really, yeah. some of them were the new left there. And what was the new left? 
It was an anti-military industrial complex movement, and it seemed to be an anti-Protestant movement because at that time, that's who was in charge of the— It wasn't. It wasn't. It seemed to be, I yeah, said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it wasn't. It wasn't then. I'm not buying it. Now looking back on it and seeing how the Chuck Schumers turned out, it's pretty clear that it wasn't an anti-military industrial complex movement. Well, let me tell you what It was I, an anti-American let, movement. No, let me tell that's you what, what they really no, were no, after. No, no, no. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those kids were there because they had no place else to go, as always happens with kids, right? But there was a core of people that really were willing to die, and some of them did die, and many of them went to jail. There was a real movement there. Who? Well, like here in Minnesota, there was the Minnesota Nine. Mm -hmm. Minnesota Nine, um, in fact, one of the, I I know personally, a guy named Bill Tilton, they broke into the, um, whatever the government agency was, Mm -hmm. and they burnt all the draft records for all the people in Minnesota to make it impossible for the government to draft Minnesotans, and they all went to jail. They, I mean, there was actual. There so was, they were dumb. There was actual. That was dumb. There was actual civil. Well, at the time, it was. You have to put things in the context of the history. That kind of acting out against the authorities mm-hmm. that was new. We were coming out of the fifties, a period of really high uh, compliance. Compliance. I mean, you know, like I said, I this. I graduated in high school in seventy six. Yeah. 1,104 kids, we didn't have one gay kid in my high school. There yeah. was a lot of compliance yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, I get it. No, I'm saying. So I'm going to, no, let me yeah. finish. I'm going to tell you that there was a lot of sincere, not the whole movement, but there was a, it's like our movement. Yeah. You know what? If you and I call for a protest and we're going to go meet someplace, let's say down at the Fed, how many people show up when we do that now? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just like our movement. That's correct. Yeah, no, our movement isn't exempt. But in those days, people didn't have, you know, Snapchat and Instagram and video uh, games. Nobody's saying our movement is exempt. Our movement's not exempt either. But I can tell you one thing. The only the only mass protest that took place at a real government building that's had any real scrutiny from the government, the corrupt government, is from our movement. January 6th. dun da da dun All the other movements were fugazis. All the other protests, Fugazis. All the other, you know, even the Black Lives Matter. Look, it's you got girls out there, you know, on Instagram and their fucking leggings and their and their crop tops with their boobs out and you know their mask on because it's cute. You know, everybody, it's real cute to to be this sort to to kind of perpetuate this sort of you know this sort of rebel, um, um, uh, you know, a freedom fighting kind of uh, precarious character. Everybody wants to be Che Guevara. You motherfuckers couldn't survive in a jungle if you couldn't survive 24 hours in a jungle as a real revolutionary. Let's just put that shit on out there. You motherfuckers can barely go. You're starting to go uh, reggae on me now. These motherfuckers can barely go 25 minutes without looking at their cell phone. Okay. You, you ain't surviving 24 hours in a roofless jungle. You damn sure ain't surviving three months that it would take to have a real guerrilla campaign. You fuckers are, are frosty. You're snowflakes. That's, that's, you're, doing, you're doing cosplay. That's all you, this is a theater that they're doing. So, I mean, the MAGA movement is, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, the MAGA movement's the newest movement, really is. When you really think about the movement itself, the MAGA movement is the newest movement, the newest organization of, of political awareness and thought. So, you know, this, this is the movement that needs to be judged with, with a, 
with with a you know with a uh, with a level of of understanding. This and what, is the, what's the core of this movement? It's self governance, correct? Is that is that not one of the core behaviors I, that we, we're asking? Well, I think America? I think the 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 yeah yeah what it means to be American. Okay, to yeah, be not, a, not to a, exercise your citizenship. Yeah, yeah the, but I'm saying these. These war, these these war, anti-war protest people, even back in the look, the whole scam, they got duped. Motherfuckers thought they were smart. They weren't as smart as they thought they were. It was the Black Panthers. It was Malcolm. It was a lot of these individuals. They they thought they were smarter than they really were. They got. Tricked. I guess you could say the same thing about the Black Liberation Movements. Then. Yeah, You're saying the no, same no, no, that's thing. what I'm saying. Oh, that's really a good point. But they all got tricked. They all easier communists. for me to see it in looking at the. Because I was there and I remember those movements and, mm-hmm. and what happened to those movements. Because when I look on, I always say to you what happened. What happened to these people? Because when I was young, there was no people like that. Those people shoot your ass. Right. Right. Real guerrilla now liberation we're, communists. Now they're, yeah. now they're wearing dresses. Absolutely. And I said to you, what, what happened? Yeah. What happened to Chuck Schumer? Communism. But I'm going to tell you what I think happened to a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of those boomers. We're talking about the boomers, my generation. Yeah. You know, when Nixon shut the gold window, and they started printing currency. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest bubble in world history from 72 till today. I mean, there's been these little ups and downs along the way, but if you just look at the whole thing, they just keep pumping gas in this son of a bitch, right. and they buy everybody off. Because, you right. know, for my generation, which is completely unlike yours, everybody had a house, everybody had three cars, everybody went out of town every year, Everybody went on an international trip once every five years. A lot of people had a lake home. Nobody can afford that now. It's, it's, yeah. it's no longer achievable. But it was normal. It was normal. A middle-class family could have a house and a lake home in a nice neighborhood, and Mama didn't even have to work And that's to do what that. I'm saying. They've stripped... They promised material prosperity. No, that's a good point. Through the post-World that's War good, II Democratic it's Liberal breaking Order. breaking down. They couldn't, they can't provide, they can't deliver on the prosperity. Maybe they don't have to. Maybe their idea is now that they're going to start to limit our freedom movement. Absolutely. That maybe, is the that Maybe is the they grand could, plan. if you go with the argument that they can print anything they that's want the grand to. That's plan. So what they're saying is, you know what? We gave you a taste and fuck off. Back into your fucking box. That's what you're saying they're saying. The grand plan is we know we cannot deliver on the promises we made. No, no, I don't agree. That that no, flies that, in the no. face of your premise. Your premise is they can print anything. No, 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 no. No, they're no. saying no, they we're will, not they, no. going to deliver. They can't, no. No, no, they can't deliver. Why? Because there's an aspect of material prosperity that can never be, there's a thirst there that can never be quenched. Oh, that's different. Now we're getting to the so they demand know. side. Oh, now we're not they on know. the supply side. We're on the demand side. They know they can't okay, deliver. I get you. They now. can't deliver. That when the when the shoe when the when the technology doesn't meet when the technology doesn't meet the 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 requirement, they're going to turn the technology on these people. That's it. It's that simple. That's what Yuval Noah Harari saying. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't like them. Oh, the, the the video games and the and the dope isn't good enough for you. Okay, well, how do you like uh, totalitarianism? I think you'll take the. I think you'll take the. I think you'll take the a dope palliative, so to speak. Yeah, that's what they're. I mean, they're showing. It's not even hidden. This is what they're trying to do to to stop gap the 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 global situation right now. They're trying to tell Bahrain and 
Abu Dhabi and the Saudis and all these other, you know, uh, Arab nations. Hey, 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 you like the money better than you like the war, don't you? He grossly underestimated the Muslims. See, we here in America, we like to think of the Muslims as some, you know, unsophisticated, uneducated, savage bunch of people. But then we let them in all of our academic institutions in Britain. Yeah, you trained these motherfuckers. Okay, these motherfuckers went to Oxford. So they're not as uneducated as you think. And that's why when you go to have some, some all-out, knockdown, drag-out public debate about Israel and Palestine, you have these Arab motherfuckers showing up with British accents to argue the point on behalf of Palestine because you trained them. They do speak lovely, don't they? Yes, they do. They're really yes, they do, quite don't they? British, aren't they? They're very British. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and then they talk about white supremacy. But you... <laughs> Fuck you, people. <laughs> you fucking people, I'm, I'm fuck off. <laughs> That's a spit on the floor t-shirt. Yeah, oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. White supremacy. It was, what the fuck, you're, you're talking with a British accent, motherfucker. <laughs> I talk like a black man from a blue-collar community That's so who has a little bit of ebonics to my English. You'd speak like, you've, you, like, you know, like you just sat on a fucking dildo in the middle of Oxford, you know. Uh, square. You know, square, yeah. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's, but my point is. And all their fighter pilots were trained at the with the Royal Air Force. Yeah, absolutely. But we, or at West we Point, did yeah. train them. That's correct. We trained them. And what we're trying to do now is tell them, hey, you, you like them. Look, look, look all the education. You were taught that you like that. What about the idea? And this is one of those wild conspiracy theories, you could say. But there's a theory out there that Islam was created by. Oh, please. The Catholic Church. Okay. It's believed, some people believe, that Muhammad was taught by Augustinian priests. Well, it's definitely a reaction to Catholicism. And that there's a reason why. There's a relationship there for sure. You never hear, you never hear Islamic leaders, you never hear any of these Arab Islamic states or Muslim countries or Muslim leaders really denounce Rome. You never hear them talk about Rome. You never hear them talk about Catholicism with any real fervor. I don't know if there's anything to it. It's just something that was brought to my attention. And I thought the thing- They I started, seem rather focused on the Jews. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Maybe they know something we don't know. Hey, I don't know what the fuck they know. I think all these people are lying to themselves. They're full of shit. They want to wrap themselves in God to justify all their, their wicked ways. I think it's all a bunch of horse shit, to be honest. But my point, again, we are trying to convince these people right now that they like the money better than they like war. We're grossly underestimating these individuals. We think that they're unsufficient. This is These like people the are willing to die. No, this is like this. <clears throat> These is people like, are willing to die. Well, even the leadership. Okay, you know, they made a very good point. I thought about Japan mm -hmm. that we really couldn't trust them when the shit really hits the fan. And I took the other side because I'd been there, and that's my opinion. But you know, within the context of the Middle East, which mm -hmm. is really the place where this is really cracking off right now. Yeah. You know, people, American citizens, really—it's like the Ukraine. Okay, both of them. It's like China. All three of them, all three of them were the muscle defending the British colonial empire. What This is the blowback of what the British did to extract wealth out of the entire world. And we weren't even in on that wealth. 
we have no idea how much money they I personally, I'm going to say we, I have no idea how much money they have. But in studying what they took, oh, shit, we have no idea how much. They can say, I think they're acting poor. Ooh. I, the British. I think they got the so British much. British are money. acting poor. Yeah, they're King acting King Charles poor. running around with a fucking trillion dollar crown. I know, but they play the poor boy all the time. We, you, you, you Americans go first. Who you, believes that? That's the part of the problem right there. Then you got the Nick Fuentes and the Stu Peters types out there saying that we're European. But let me, let me we're go not back. fucking European. In the Middle East, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Well, we are European. We're our not. elites are. No, our elites are. They're not. Our elites they're not have European. bought in to a European but they're not European. intellectual yes, tradition. They are. That's my point. And in their heads, in the ideas in their heads. Now, are they genetically European? No, they are, yeah, they are holdovers. They don't live there. But what they what think. What the fuck is genetically European mean? I don't know. I don't well, know. What the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean shit. But the thinking in their head is European, and in fact, it's British. But I wanna, Yes, it is. I want to go back. because but, but that's I wanna, not Stu Peters. I want to tip. Oh, wait, a I second, fucking, wait a second. Stu Peters, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. They're talking about the elites. We're not talking about fucking Mitt Romney here, okay? We're not talking about George Bush, you know, 13th cousin to the queen type shit. We're talking about fucking Stu Peters, Nick Fuentes, who comes from a little fucking uh, su- suburb on, outside the outskirts of Chicago's greater metropolitan area. Have you ever met, have you met either of these two people? I don't, I don't, I never met them, but Are my point sure is, they exist? my point is they're not European. So what are they, what are they talking about this country's European roots? And uh, f- first off, what kind of misrepresentation is it of history to look at <clears throat> the culmination of the Westphalian nation state as a, a European creation, as a European. Th- Every empire that rose and fell before the British Empire contributed to the knowledge of, of how to successfully or, or unsuccessfully create and, and, and you know, uh, construct the framework of, of a civilization or of a society, or of a country, or of a nation, or of a nation state. All of the trappings and failings and ups and downs of, of all of these empires' histories went into that knowledge. You, you, think that the, <clears throat> you think that the British, when they went to construct uh, the, the Commonwealth, they looked at the, the Chinese Empire, or the, the Roman Empire, or the, the Ottoman Empire, or the Persian Empire, or the Babylonian Empire, and say, hell, we're not gonna use that knowledge. We're not going to use any of that knowledge around those, you know, empirical time periods because, hey, they're Babylonian. No, they took what was. So even European history at its height, the Egyptians, okay, the Greeks, who could very loosely be called European in the first place. Fucking Greeks aren't European. They're Mediterranean. I agree with your the point. The Italians your are point, Mediterranean. The point you're making is that the idea The Turks are Mediterranean. Developed over they're not time. European. And the English codified. Yes. But my point, let me just say it's so also. So even to say that also, America, this is what I'm saying, to say that America's founding is European and is a, is a, is a, half, is a bullshit well, okay, story. Okay, that's, a, that's a great. Bullshit. You can sit on that street corner and say that. I think that's it's, a very good thing to say. And, and most, importantly of all, great, most importantly of all in that, in that analysis, let's be clear. The politics aside. The most influential thing in European history was a Western Asiatic tribal faith. So, I mean, this whole Europe is, you know, you know, this whole fixation with Europe is is kind of bullshit to 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 begin with. 
because the most is, important is the thing cultural, is Christianity is Asian. You're saying the Christianity is Asian religion. You're saying cultural diffusion through time. Christianity and is it even Asian? I mean, it, do people think it's by accident that the most influential religious uh, religion, the most influential uh, spiritual practice in the history of the world, came from the very center of the fucking world? Do people think that's by accident that that God that that Jesus was born in Nazareth in Israel, smack dab in the middle of the world? Do people really think that's by? I mean, how fucking stupid, how daft do you have to be to think that's an accident? So that the, the religion would spread out to the every corner of the world from the center. I mean, it's just not. I mean, if you if you if you drew it on a if you drew it up on a map, the It'd spread of Christianity, it's perfect, isn't it's it? It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. But you're so is Christianity. So if Christianity is not a European religion, then America's founding is not a European construction. It's well, a Christian one. Well, that's a very interesting way to look at it. I, I mean, please, Stu Peters, step up to the fucking mic, buddy. Are you a Christian or are you a European? Because there is no both. And I think people in this movement got that fucking confused. Are you a Christian or are you a European? There's one lineage that goes back way further than the other. And a lot of people say they're Christians. Don't understand that. They don't get that. Your timeline of your European heritage where your little mutt races fought a war back and forth, same in Africa, same in, in the Middle East, same in the Arab world, same in the South. East Asia. Your little history that goes back far enough to these little geopolitical, you know, academic, uh, scholastic, little, uh, you know, Britannic, that shit is this small compared to God's history if you're a Christian. Now, if you're a fucking Satanist or a Luciferian, then you really don't believe that God is, is an eternal God. So you wouldn't believe that God's history, that your Christian identity goes back well before any European, you know, uh, line drawing that happened. And I'm not saying that borders don't matter, obviously. But what I'm saying is these people are fixated on this European identity. The genetics instead of the faith. Is that what you're saying? Well, well why are we even talking about America? Why was it ever thought that America, where did we get this narrative that America is a, it, you know, because this is what, this is the narrative. Now, maybe you're not understanding or seeing it, but this is their narrative. That the Marxists and the communists, which was actually a European ideology, by the way, not a Western Asian one, okay? It didn't come from Israel. Some people would say Zionism kind of, but no, not really. Marxism. No, and, those are, these are European ideas. These are European ideas. These are anti-church ideas. Absolutely, absolutely. Constructed so, to destroy. So if you really want to take credit for about. something as Europeans... You take credit for Bolshevism and Marxism. Take credit for fucking Marxism. That's, yeah. 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 Even if it's the Jews from in Europe. See, there's nationality, then there's ethnicity. I call these people Jews because we're, okay. we're, we're Regardless. If you call, call yourself a Jew, call if you call yourself a Jew, then we call you what you call you. If you call yourself a Jew, then you call like a black man. Well, then see? I can call him out, okay? Of course you can. You have the right to do that. Yeah, my, thank you. Same way I call the black bourgeoisie. Because black I'm not bourgeoisie. putting up with this anymore. But my point is, if you... You're going to take credit on a European basis. You take credit for Marxism. You, yes. And Nazism. Yes. And they go together like hand in glove. Okay. Because wherever you find a communist, you'll find a fascist. Okay. So when I watch on X, okay. the left ripping up a movement as being fascist, I think to myself, you people you are must fascists. Be you must be communists. No, no they're, they're the same people. They're the same people. That's correct. No, and that's that's what I'm getting at is this, the lie we're telling ourselves becomes so So we obvious. got two intellectual movements that come out of the Middle East through mm -hmm. Europe. Mm -hmm. We got a faith movement 
in an anti-faith movement, mm-hmm. and it's time to throw down. Yes. That's it. No, no, it's not a throwdown. This is what the Bible prophesied. The Christians are few and far between. That's, what, that's the scary part. That's the part people don't get yet. They don't want to accept. They want to live in this fictitious narrative where all these people who say they're Christians are Christians. You know, I had a woman say to me on X. They're not. Recently, very recently, this week, when they come to get you, mm-hmm. are they going to come to get you as a Jew or a Christian? And I thought, whoa. And then a great answer came to me. Mm-hmm. And the answer was, I'll go as a Jew who knows Christ. And there was no retort because there's no retort to that. Somebody said that to you on X? Uh-huh. What a stupid fucking thing to even say. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's the bullshit. This is the shit I don't, I don't tolerate. And this is part of the reason why they won't have me on certain shows. They won't, you know, this is why they won't give me the puppet money. This is why, they, this is it. This is the reason, because I don't play those fucking games. Because I know, that, well, first off, they're stupid. I, I know that you people think you're real fucking smart and clever, and you've been brainwashed to think you're oh, smart it, and clever. Oh, that's so horrible for me, because I'm old enough to remember smart. They're not clever I'm talking at all. About, I mean, smart. people like, that I'm following, like Bill Crystal. Yeah, dumbass. Oh, my God, he's terrible. Mealy-mouthed, over-educated, under-intelligent motherfucker. Tribe. Mm-hmm. Harvard Law Professor. Some of the stuff that he says oh. is so bad. No, the people who go to Harvard Anne are Applebaum, she's, she's writing at the Post. If you went to an Ivy so League school, bad. I don't trust you. Well, uh, I mean, you know, there are some exceptions. What if you drop out? There are some exceptions. You drop out. There's some ex- like look, it. no, there are some exceptions. You know, Jeff Quadness went to Ivy League school. I think, where, where'd Steve go? I went to the U.S. Military Academy. Yeah, he went to the Military Academy. Yeah. I like those guys a bit more. And I, there are some exceptions. But on face value, you know, when you, when you throw, throw the Harvard thing, look, they're the people who taught these people this shit. I mean, Harvard gets its intellectual you and know, academic tradition you, oh from my Europe. Gosh, Rasmussen, and Europe are the ones who in, brought Darwinism and this Rasmussen, whole genetic theory. Rasmussen just determined, everybody can go look this up. I think I saw it on Zero Hedge. <laughs> There's actually a cohort, an identifiable cohort that they polled that were these elites. They called it the Dirty Dozen. It's, you know, Harvard, Stanford, mm-hmm. Yale, Princeton, mm-hmm. Columbia. You know, our top, those graduates live in zip codes with more than 10,000 people. They trust the government. Like 72% love the government. They believe that there's too much freedom, not too little. Like if you poll you and me at the regular... I want more freedom. Give me more freedom. Yeah. Nope, we got too much. They want to take it away. These are the people that believe that we shouldn't have gas stoves, that they believe, I think, like almost 60% of them believe that there should only be dis- uh, mandatory air travel, no more discretionary air travel. I mean, these are the these are the people, but because they've all... The gra- Ivy Leaguers? Yes, and mm. because they all graduated from those law schools mm-hmm. and those medical schools, mm-hmm. they're controlling the institutions of power and they're tiny in number, tiny. They're tiny in number, but they're mighty in their control of the way we think well, about things. Well, they're not things. tiny in number, you know, because you can, you can, look. There's a million attorneys in the country. There's, that's still tiny. What I'm saying is they're not, million. well, look, you're only as powerful, you're only as powerful a week as the people who are willing to follow you. And no matter how tiny they are in number, there's a, there's a broad, populace of people who are willing to follow they that expertise. They control the media and so, Hollywood. So I guess they're many in number. <laughs> well, they're powerful in thought, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's all that counts. 
They must have learned it from the Babylonians. Hey, I know who the, who the fuck they learned it Well, I'm it just from. saying, you know who? But, you know who gets really rich? It's not the guy that makes it up. Mm-hmm. It's the guy that organizes it. Yeah. You know, you can have an inventor. An inventor doesn't really care about money. He cares about inventing. And yeah. some, some, some bitch comes around and buys it and organizes it. That's what the British did. Mm-hmm. The British created an academic tradition of scholars that studied how this worked. I was thinking about this immigration. I want to get back to the Middle East. Yeah, go ahead. Immigration. I, you know, immigration has been fucking up countries since forever. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the greatest immigrant groups in world history is the Jews. They were run out of their country. Well, somebody said, what happens to these countries when these groups come in? You know, I think the first successful open border incursion that destroyed a polity was the creation of Israel. Say it again. Israel. You know, Jews came from all over the world and moved to Israel. Right. And that overthrew the indigenous population and political structure. It was a migration of an open border. They didn't figure out to close their border until it was too late because the British opened their border. The British did it. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They had studied it. They have Oxford. What do you think you do when you're a historian? You write a book about something to make a bunch of money, but what you really do is figure out how to fuck things up for the military. Mm-hmm. They have a whole bench of people just studying how things went wrong. Funded in by the, the military. They study how things went wrong in the past and how it got fixed so they can do it now. Now for John McKinder. It's just unbelievable. This is why they all this is why they all quote you know, all of our military generals quote Sun Ju. So is our is our is our culture really European or is it or is it Eastern Asian? If your military generals still go by the laws of Sun Ju, are those European military strategies? And I know Napoleon's in there and there's a, I mean, it's a it's a it's accumulation. Of, of, of knowledge is what I'm saying. I like, I really like what you're saying because I say the same thing and have it come back at me like this because we never talked about this. Mm. On my podcast, I'm always trying to go through the history and see how, you know, I did a podcast with, um, had James Brown, Michael Jackson, and I said, James Brown, no, look at how James Brown moves. Now look at how Michael Jackson moves. Oh, he wanted to be James Brown. And nobody remembers James Brown, and everybody remembers Michael Jackson. But what Michael Jackson was is he had the ability to organize it and get it out to the mass audience for some reason, which we could delve into, right? Who don't remember James Brown? I'm telling you, most of my cohort don't remember him. Most of the old boomers don't remember James Brown. They don't. They didn't know him in the first place. Stop. James Brown? I'm just telling you, it's he's going away. Oh, that's the problem with your generation right there. Well, it's the problem with culture, generally speaking. No, I mean, more, spe- more specifically, the fact that the boomers have lost sight of James Brown might be the single or greatest. Or how about Bob Marley or any of these? No, 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 James Brown is different. But Brown, and then I play. The funk, I, the soul, the funk. You, If you don't know James Brown, that's, pro- that's part of the problem. That's but, a big part of the But problem. then I put on <laughs> Michael Jackson. Then I put on this white kid whose name I don't remember, yeah. who is really big on Instagram. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker is soulful. I mean, like, really. Like, and I said, where did this come from? Ooh, Teddy Swims. I don't know his name. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but we'll put him up maybe next time we do Hebrews. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. You know, he can sing like Bill Withers better than Bill. He's better at Bill Withers than Bill Withers. He's that soulful. 
and it's but he's like the most not cool looking dude you could imagine. Mm. And that's and I said on the show that's cultural diffusion over time. There's no way in 1946 a guy that looked like that could have sang like that. There was just too much gap in the culture. The culture is evolving, moving forward, and I think that's a really fantastic point. Yeah, but that and, and, and all that being said, that doesn't mean we should lose sight of our American identity, and that's probably what we should talk about next is we're going into a war with people who have a profound sense of identity. The Chinese have a profound sense of identity. The Russians have a profound sense of identity. So are the Arabs. The Chinese, so are the, the, Arabs. the Chinese have a profound sense of ethno-national identity. The Russians, in this particular scenario, they have a profound sense of territorial and geographical integrity uh, identity. They believe in Russia as a physical place. And you hear Putin talk about that all the time. The Russian people must always have a place to call home that is... They're tied to the earth. Territorial Russia. Their, their identity is tied to the earth. And we don't even believe in a southern border. And not only that, we believe it's more important to argue about physical appearance and the color of our skin still to this day. And, and, and that'll be our downfall. Because the Russians are laughing at it. The Russians are going... White and black. We don't give a fuck about white and black. We're Russian. The Chinese are going white and black. All you people are, are beneath us. We're Chinese. And we're sitting here, and we, we have not yet bought into the idea, which is why I like Steve, because Steve, Steve is one of the unicorns on our side of the movement that's really tried to draw this line and bring some logical thought and maturity to the situation, um, which is why the Nick Fuentes and some of them behind closed doors say that, you know, Steve Bannon is is a traitor because he has too many Negroes on his show, right? Like and, and Jews. Yeah. Ne well, Negroes. No, they don't, they don't worry about that. Look, they don't give a fuck about that shit. Oh, they that's just, Stu Peters is 24 hours a day on the Jews. But that's not their gripe on Steve. Oh, on Steve. Okay. okay it's the same it. reason they would vote for Donald Trump. How could you How could you be Nick Fuentes and support Donald Trump? The, Donald Trump has a tons of, tons of Jews around him. They don't give a fuck about that. They got a problem with black people. They really do. And, and, I, and I get, you know, you know they, could, they could wrap it and cloak it how they want to. But, Sounds like a Hebrews episode. Yeah, but when I'm on Gab, I see, what they're, I see what they're saying. They never say it to you, where are these people? I just want to know, where, where are you? Where, where, where do you actually exist on now the who's internet? Who's paying you to say this pussy. shit? But they're just pussy, you know? Because I don't ever get any of these. You know, I don't ever get no white. I would actually respect it more if some white folks would come up to me in person and just say, Call me the N word. I would actually be like, "Oh, okay, you guys actually exist." You're serious about this? Yeah, there you go. Now, now we can talk. Good. I like that, but I never get that. And even more, I don't know people who do. I don't know any black people who 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 have a community message board on Black Twitter, and they're like, all of their complaints about these white, you know, white supremacists are are very uh, what are they hyperbolic? They're they're, they're very uh, snowflakey. Like, oh, it's a microaggression of white supremacy. Their story is never like, guy came up to me with, with a club, with ten other with ten other <laughs> white guys, and they all had runes, and they were like, uh, deaf to Negroes and Jews. That's never the story. <laughs> it's never the story. And so it's just again, where are these people? They're not real people, but they have big followings. Very maybe. maybe. No, they do. Oh no, they do. Hey, well, what's the difference between when you get into an AI generation? What's the difference between a following being real and a following being? That's fake? what I'm saying. You, we don't know. We don't know. It's real enough. 
Real they, enough where we're all, we're all, we're all There could be a million people watching this show, and we don't know it. It's real enough. Their following is real enough, even if it's fabricated. It's real enough to make a difference. It's real enough for the Washington Post. Well, it's not up for us. To call to me say and many, ask me about the man. We don't know how many people are necessarily. No, you know, because these people, no no. no, no, these people have rallies. No, Nick Quintes I, has rallies. These people are coming. No, I'm saying we don't know in our movement mm-hmm. how many people we need here to coalesce around what we're doing. Right. To change the arc of history. Right, which is why we're doing and it. And that's why we're doing it. And, and, and again, yep. these people, to me, are not real people, even if they're real people. Even if they're real people with real people following them, their ideas aren't real. Their ideas aren't refined. No, they're not. They're not. They're not correct. What you're saying. No, you're drawing out something. What I'm saying they're not real is I'm saying when you talk about God's truth. They're not right. They're not real. Okay. There there is no fucking race. There is no race when you're Christian. There just is no race. So you're saying they have to choose between being followers of Christ or followers of a Darwinist. They're following a black man. Jesus Christ was black. They're following a black man. Oh, you're going to piss some people off now. Okay. okay. I mean, what? Do you, where did he live? How was he described? He was definitely tan. How was he described? As a dark man. As a dark man? Yeah. I mean, he was described as a dark man. It's not a conspiracy theory. There are early drawings of him from the earliest remnants of, of Christianity. I mean, if you go south, what, what are we talking about? The man was born. The, the only thing that makes the Middle East and Israel and, and the Arab world, uh, uh, the Middle East, is them building the Suez Canal. If they didn't build it, if they didn't manufacture and actually go in and build the Suez Canal ex post facto after Christ lived, it'd all be Africa. I mean, what, are we, what are we talking about? And in Africa. When you say who? Who's they? The, who, the crown. Who, the crown. And you know the. They the, just built the Suez Canal. And that the, wasn't there. And the canal was opened in 1869. And it separated what? It separated the Middle East from Africa. There right you go. On, across you that, think that was you, 120 miles. You think that wasn't an effort to try and separate the identity to justify social Darwinism and say that, that Jesus wasn't closely related to, to African people? I've never been on that street corner before. I've been on the street corner that says these motherfuckers were criminals and robbing the piss out of China and India. Mm-hmm. And in those days, coal-fired ships and so if you had to go around the whole of Africa, mm-hmm. it was a lot cheaper to dig a hole and have one coal station at yeah. the Port of yeah, Aden because yeah. they wanted to get that <laughs> fucking booty back over there, and then pirates need to get back over there as fast as There's possible. There's always a few they ways were, to skin a cat. It, well, I'm, it, I'm not saying that the spiritual part of what you're saying is not true. I haven't thought about it. I've been focused on how interested these people were on getting from the bank Back to the hideout. Okay, but even the people in India. Let's talk about India. India is a is a is a is a nation, is a place of people who feel very uh, a very deep sense of of their own ethnic identity, their own ethno national identity. The Indian people, you could say, are their own race of people. They're not Asian. They're not. They're not Middle Eastern. They're Indian. I mean, the populations. Once you cross over a billion people, you're your own race of people anyway. You're your own. Well, whether you do deem it so or not. I mean, just by the sheer number. Okay. But they also look very different. They look very different than other groups. So where do they want to go with this? Where do they want to go with this genetic thing? I mean, where are we? We're going nowhere. We're just going in circles. 
And everybody who doesn't realize we're going in circles, you're a fucking moron. If I hear you talking this white, black, European, African, and I'm seeing it now. Because, you know, you see a black guy runs in and steals fucking 12 cell phones. And in the comments, you go, oh, well, usual suspect. Usual suspect? I said it before, I'll say it again. You fucking cuck motherfuckers think, you cuck conservative motherfuckers think that the, the, the entirety of black people in this whole country could steal as much as the crown is stolen? Do you think that, that, that I could get every fucking black person together from here that all the way back to the days of slavery and we couldn't steal one-tenth oh, of what the fucking mealy-mouthed Ivy here. League European government has stolen from you every single day. The debt's going up a fucking million dollars That's a second. That's a very good point. What you're saying is... The cell phones cost $3 to make. people are being used as a diversion so that no one really looks at the real stealing. Like when half the weapons disappear, $2 trillion. So we're going to go look at this young black man... <laughs> Who got caught stealing a leather Gucci bag from from Nordstrom? And then Alpha News is going to stick his face right up there. This man stealing a this man, look 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 this and this is the crazy part of it. Oh, that's hilarious. The mark the markup, the markup on the goods that black people are depicted. Now, don't get me wrong. I I get that there's a lawlessness taking taking root. Okay, and I I got a problem with that, like a big problem with it. Like when I see young black people, young teens or, or young black folks. And they even got that look, that sort of lawless look. And there is a look. I mean, there is a sort of hoodlum look. Now they're trying to make it high fashion to be hoodlum. So there's something to say about that too. That's all part of the same kind of brainwashing. And all the, all, you know, all of the orbits are happening at once. Okay? It's not one thing happening over here and then one thing over here. It's all happening at once. There is an effort to proliferate criminal, you know, criminality in the black community. So they can justify more control. Stealing it. This is what Ice Cube said just when he was on Bill Maher. He said that the CIA, that what happened in the music industry and with gangster rap in the 1990s was not by accident. That the CIA and Bill Maher with his cuck, you know, cuck, cuck conservative ass, he's another neocon cuck conservative. Uh, what, what, what he said was, you know, uh, well, you, you really think, I mean, you really, th they didn't make the music. You know, this is so stupid. He's talking to the one of the foundational timbers of the of gangster rap of the whole genre. Right. And this guy we don't even I don't even listen to You're talking to about it. one guy who you're you're talking about one oh, guy who created gangster rap, who helped create gangster rap. And you're talking to another guy who ends up uh sniffing the 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 underwear of of video vixens who who suck rappers off for a living. Okay. That's Bill Maher. I don't know if you know he was dating Superhead. Her nickname's Superhead for a reason. <clears throat> I'm serious. This is the truth. This ain't this this ain't the fictitious world where all where the politics is a nice fun, you know, the, the cultural conversations are nice fun and, and couth. This is the reality. Bill Maher was running around hand in hand in public with a woman who sucked more cock on the record than is manageable for your average woman. It's not even manageable. She's a superstar in her own regard with this in this aspect. She's a virtuoso. Yeah, she's a, a, an expert. Okay. okay? This is Bill Mars flavor. Not any, not even he was, you know, having sex with her. That's one thing. I mean, Donald Trump had sex with Stormy Daniels. I get it. How a man does his thing does his thing. I'm not saying you were walking around in public with her. Donald Trump's got the good decency and pride not to walk around in public with Stormy. And I like that. I respect that. See, that's why they should have me 
on the fucking campaign talking because we'd be able to sort out these conservatives from these real MAGA patriots. And we'll be able to find the people who we need as warriors. And the people are still thinly tied to this, this bullshit theater of civility. They're not thinly tied. They're fully tied. They're full. They're the creators of it. But the security of it is so thin. It's not even a real tie. I don't know. I don't don't think it's even a real tie. Oh, they're pretty tied. They're out there floating. They're, they're one financial problem away from being in their own bankruptcy. So the tie that they don't, they're not getting out of the deal what they think they're getting out of it. They're living in a, a, the security isn't what they think it is. The material prosperity isn't what they think it is. They just, they think it's because they're white. They think it's because they're European. That's my point. You're not even getting out of the deal what they're promising you. Can't you see it? That's what Steve is telling them. You think you're different than the black guy and the Hispanic working guy down the street. All three of you are getting scammed. You don't have the security that they're promising you. And then they're telling you to pay for the lie. You got to be a cuck. That is what I mean when I say a cuck. You're paying to watch the government fuck you. You're paying for it. And then you'll come up with all these excuses and, and, and reasons why to justify, oh, well, you know, we can't get together with the black folks or the Hispanics because, you know, they're uneducated or they're uncivil or they don't believe in the rule of law or they don't believe in, 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 in the Constitution or they don't believe in give me a fucking break. No, you don't believe in the rule of law and the Constitution. You don't believe in what it means to be American. You don't believe that Christianity had a bigger impact on the American identity than European philosophy, Darwinism. European secular, European secular post-enlightenment philosophy. You don't believe it. Don't project it on me. I believe in what it means to be American. I believe in a nation of shopkeepers with the Second Amendment. Why are how did all these uh, states like Minnesota or anywhere, how did all these Minnesota, how did all these GOP parties stand to let the second the gun laws get to where they are in the first place. They don't even really believe in having the right to own a gun and protecting themselves. They really don't believe in it. That's my that's the problem with the movement. The problem and it's not oh well is it MAGA or Rhino? It's not that. Do you understand what the identity really is? And it's gonna matter now because we're going up against some countries who have a way more profound sense of identity okay, than we okay. do. Let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. What, what I think I'm hearing is Americans need to rediscover what it is to be an American because the enemies that we face, real enemies, mm-hmm. know exactly who they are mm-hmm. and exactly what they want to achieve. Oh, for sure. And we're lost in a fucking haze believing in security and in materialism that's not even working. And bickering. With each other over yeah, We nothing. got a bicker culture. We got a, you know, a bunch of bitches. I'm serious. They may not like that. Maybe maybe that makes me unqualified to be a United States senator. No, no, you but, know you know, the Senate in the House and all these political... I mean, look at uh, what was the kid's name? The, the, the kid's name was a fucking, uh, fucking uh, court gesture sideshow. They just kicked him out of the Congress. Well, oh, Santos. Santos. You know, I mean, look at, look, look at AOC and Ilhan. I mean, but not just look at Kingsinger. Look, look at Mitt Romney saying that MAGA's the, to blame for the border. These people are, are they're, they're like high school girls. You expect that kind of behavior from junior high girls. That's why I started out the podcast by saying I'm getting kind of in a good mood because the lies are getting ridiculous. It's They're just control. getting fucking ridiculous. It's out of control. But, you know, when the lies get so big, this is how the Soviet Union came down. That's, mm-hmm. why, that's why there was revolutionary change there because the lies got so big to maintain the control 
even the most conservative of the group started to say, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. But the one between the, the, the racial one is really the one that then that's why I, that's why I've been going off on this during this episode, because it's very clear to me now that the racial the racial tension in the country is the sole the sole source the go to the go to line the co- the go to divide to to keep us to to keep us uh, su- uh, suppressed to keep us enslaved in this country. Can I tell you what's going on on the Republican side? Mm-hmm. We have I you know when I say this I just get this trepidation. But, you know, they, there was this Ron DeSantis movement, yeah. and they spent a lot of money, and they're still spending money to have this army of uh, influencers. And then there's the mega folks, and these people smashed into each other like a medieval movie. And, of course, Trump prevailed, and DeSantis went away. You know, the battle in that is not racial. It's uh, man and woman. It's really about um, a rejection of Trump on a sexual political reason. And it's quite powerful, and it's it's potent as hell. I've never seen anything quite like it. I find it a little bit difficult to speak about because what I'm really saying is is that this conservative movement, Mm -hmm. because they say Donald Trump is not a conservative, Mm -hmm. and he's not a good man because of X, Y, and Z. But Ron DeSantis is a true conservative, and he's a good man because he's married. And it's just this really kind kind of um, intense. Uh, like, like the married men, like the married men in our country, don't account for a huge number of the people that are a part of the porn proliferation. It's mostly married men. See, but but if you've never been if you've never been down to the to the part of town where they where they get money walking out on the street, you wouldn't know that the majority of the people who come to buy sex are married men. Yeah, see, you're still living in, a, in an illusion. That's, that's why you need some real street motherfuckers with dirt under their fingernails to lead you people. Because you're still living in a fucking fairy tale, and I'm not interested in it. Third, World, World War III? We're going to send our boys now? We're going to send our, our, our Little Royce? We're going to draft? We're going to have a draft? Because we got to defend three different fucking outposts on the Eurasian landmass? And I'm gonna sit next to you people and act like you're like you're telling halfway the, the, the fuck you people, take your mealy mouthed fucking posh, uh, uppity yuppie ass fucking uh, hyper educated politicized and shove it right up your motherfucking ass. If we're gonna die, I'd rather die living in reality. I'm not gonna die next to you putting on some fucking fake smile where you at where you're acting like you know like oh well you know Ron DeSantis fucking you know he's a fucking he's a fucking neocon. Knight to Malta, secret society, fuckhead. That's why he acts the way he does. He acts like he's a part of some some weird fraternity. He does. Have you, maybe people haven't been to oh, college. I, I, I went to University of Minnesota. The <clears> boys who were down at the frats, I mean the Greek frats, not the secret society frats, just the Greek frats. All those motherfuckers acted weird. They were weird as fuck. And you know, what, what do y'all do in that frat? I mean, yeah, sure, there's the girls who come to the frat house, and we, we got that whole motif, right? That's well depicted in American pornography. But what happens when the girls aren't there? You guys are real friendly, see? And, you know, and it's, it's strange. And we, we want to act like that doesn't exist. Like, we, you know. Yeah, why it, is that? Why? Your boy was a part of a Greek fraternity. A Greek fraternity 
that celebrates uh, Roman Greek paganism. But he's a consummate conservative Christian. Fuck you people. You must think we're stupid. See, you can lie to yourself and get yourself to, you, you can live in that lie. But as soon as you start thinking I have to live in that lie with you, I just, I just tell you to fuck. And that's why most of my time spent on social media is telling a lot of these people to fuck right off. Because I don't give a fuck about some, some audience or some following or some, you know, some constituency based on all of these loose lies. Fuck you people. I'd rather go at it alone. When you get around to want well, to believe the truth, be alone come on. Anyhow. So what the hell's the difference? There you go. Yeah. When you when you get around to wanting to listen That's, to truth, come on, here's over, the, come on over. Here's the deal. From my perspective, you either walk by faith or you walk by sight. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. And the number of people that really have given over to faith, really as a lifetime becoming, getting down to a small group of people. Do my do I have that right? Isn't isn't the whole Greek fraternity, Greek alphabet thing based on Greek? Mythology. It's it's a it's 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 not Greek Orthodox Christianity. That's for sure. I don't know. I always thought they were weird too, but it's I the, the Order of Malta is a kind of a spooky Catholic become Masonic kind of a. Yeah, it's Masonic. It's, it's Freemasonry. It's Freemasonry. One hundred percent. So if you the join that, Malta, if someone, it's one of the four secret societies at Yale. You don't get to join. You have to be asked, and that's very interesting. Because you can say fuck off. Mm-hmm. So if you get tapped and you say, oh, please let me get incorporated into this, you got an agenda. Yeah. You know, this, yeah, yeah. this is no different than getting a PhD, only it's squared, right? You're taking an, you're taking an allegiance to a business model that oppresses and exploits billions of people and convinces them that it doesn't do it. It's, it's, uh, it's evil and kind of an extreme. And when you get hip to it, when you see it clearly and you see it everywhere, you got, now there's another choice. First, you got to have the choice to see it because most people don't want to go there. Right. Then when you see it, you have another choice. Are you willing to give up your life for it? Telling the truth about it. That's why I didn't talk too much today. You're getting awfully good at this stuff. I'm getting pissed. You, you, you know what I'm it is? I'm fucking pissed. It's not you. It's the timing. Yeah, no, it has You've nothing been, to do with me. It's the timing. The words are right now because it's right fucking now. And you know what pisses me off the most? This fucking Joe Frazier character that popped up. <clears throat> popped up out of nowhere. Popped up out of the bowels of the Minnesota GOP. Popped up out of the bowels of fucking, uh, fucking Langley, uh, uh, of... of uh, you know, of military intelligence, you know, that's, you know, that's who these people are and they think they're so slick and how stupid do these fucking Republicans have to be to see these neocons pop up out of the, under these fucking rocks and, 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 you know, they're in on it. Holy, I mean, that's all there is to Holy it. cow. It's, it's like, it's so obvious. No, I mean, it's really, it's really obvious to a level where it's like laughable and, and, and very indictable of the people who participate. You know what, Royce, we talked about this a year ago. It's the timing. We're at war. See now, the guy has now, the audacity. Now, now well, these well, people. Do we really need more people from the military proudly, to, do, to dominate our politics? How do you Come proudly? On. How do you proudly tout your service in two disgraced wars? Let's just bring put that on the table. What were the two wars? I didn't read it. Iraq and Afghanistan. Ah, okay, great. How do you proudly tout your service in two disgraced wars? And look, I know. Look, I got a friend, Mike, Mike the Marine, Mike the Marine Richmond, 
who's a, a great dude, and he was a Marine. I mean, he's a killer, real killer. He served real, real tour, really. He wasn't, he wasn't military intelligence, okay? He's a gunner, right? He didn't seen shit. He didn't been there when the bodies are exploding. He didn't felt the real ramification from it. I didn't have to be there. I know what he did, and I know what the implications of it are. I didn't have to be there myself. He's a, he's a hitter. Do you think he's running around leading conversations with, I served in Iraq? Or I did, or did, or, you know, yeah, now don't give me, he's a fighter. He went back to, to give more blood into, to, to, to the fight game and to, into being a, a warrior because that's who he is. He's a warrior. He, he can't help it. But if I'm coming into politics where I want to talk about being a United States Senator, a governing body that vote, that voted for discretionary spending and, and fast and loose uh, constitutional provisions to allow us to go into two unconstitutional and disgraced wars, and I lead with that? What the fuck am I saying to the people who are, are going to vote for me? I'm saying you motherfuckers are dumb. You're stupid. I'm intelligent. I'm military intelligent. You're fucking stupid. You're so caught up in the false identity of American citizenship that you'll let me bring my, my service up here as a credentialization when we stole the money from you to go perpetuate the wars. And we're planning to do it again. I'm the same guy today that did it to you. Vote me in. 30 years ago. Right. I'm going to run it on you again. It's the long climb. And I'm going to send your sons. I'm going to send our boys. And they're patriotic. I'm going to send your, our sons and daughters. I'm going to send the Mike Marine Richmonds to a war he never needed to be in. Do we appreciate his service? Yeah, but I'm more, I'm more saddened that he had to go in the first place. Now looking back on it, we get so caught up in the glory of, go, of, of, of making the sacrifice and putting on the uniform we forget to ask the question, did he ever really need to go? That's why they send young men to fight wars. If anybody out there is still mistaken about us needing to go to Iraq or Afghanistan, the verdict is in. We didn't need to go to Iraq. We didn't need to go to Afghanistan. We went to Afghanistan, and where we end up finding Osama, I remember the days after 9-11, we were in discussions with the Pakistani government, who at the time was then just... Uh, in the in the early stages of developing nuclear weapons, and there was a huge uh, resistance from the international community to allow Pakistan to have nuclear weapons. Now they're well off in having nuclear weapons, which will be a problem in the future for India and the rest in the region. But that was the discussion then that Pakistan was going to cooperate with us because they were already under scrutiny in their pursuit of nuclear weapons. But we believed them, Dick Cheney. Rumsfeld, all these people got up and, and were asked by the American media back when it still had a, a small aota of integrity. They were asked by the American media, are we worried about Pakistan? Uh, yeah, you know, well, we, we, of course, we have to be concerned about our relationship with Pakistan. It's very fragile and whatnot. And, and, and we're working with them to, to make sure that the nuclear thing is going as according to the, the, the rules and regulations and expectations of the international community but we're going to tap on them to help us with this problem. Where the fuck did they end up finding Osama bin Laden? Right by their major military training academy. Right down the block. I digress. Right down the block. I digress. That's another British... Uh, military intelligence. That's another British <laughs> blowback area over there, mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And when you say um, sending the sons and daughters to fight, what are we really fighting for? What are they going over to fight in the Middle East? The Suez Canal. I guess. That's correct. <laughs> That's all it's be, and you know there was a, an agreement. This whole area is governed by an agreement. I think it's called the Sykes P 
Pequot Agreement, 1916, when the World War I ended, you know, the Ottoman and the Turks, let's just call them the Turks, like we call the Russians, the Soviet Union, kind of obscure. It's the Russians, mm-hmm. the Ottoman Empire. It's mm-hmm. Turkey, right? When they lost their empire because they were defeated, the French and the British got together and they just carved up the Middle East like they owned it because they did. Yeah. And they, the French got Lebanon and Syria. And the British took Iraq and Palestine and Jordan and Saudi. And why did they do that? Because they had Egypt and they had that Suez Canal. Right. And from the perspective of our, our well, I have five military-age kids, mm-hmm. five, five-year mm-hmm. age, right? You've met some of them. Mm-hmm. They're going over to fight in someone else's backyard. And here's what that guy thinks, that guy. Because he's got a historical memory. He's not fucking stupid like my kids are. He knows about the Sykes-Picot Agreement. He knows that these European powers came into his homeland and scrambled everybody's ass because they were some good jolly bank robbers and they were just there to get the fucking money out of India and China. So they didn't really want to do anything to help these people. They made them hate each other. They found every tribal division where people were fighting with swords and armed them. They took the Sunnis and Shias and pitted them against each other Mm -hmm. and then stuck the Kurds in there for a dose of fucking crazy. Okay? And they were able to manage the mouth to that Red Sea with a handful of people, and they had millions of people going nuts, and that's what we're living in right now. So if you live there, you fucking know this history because you're a gang, right? Right. And you know you got played. And you're waiting. And you know, here's what you know from your perspective. The French have already been pushed out. Lebanon and Syria are now controlled (coughs) by Islamic groups. Right. And the Catholics that lived in Lebanon were the victims of a genocide Mm -hmm. or they left. Like some of my friends that you know that I talk about sometimes. Right. My partner, Alejandro. Right. That's those are families that were the first Catholics, <coughs> the first Catholics. Those families and the Islamic groups, the Muslim groups, destroyed those people. Right. So now they look at what's left. It's just the flow of history. Now they're just gonna push out the Anglo's, yeah. which would include us. That's what we're facing. Good. Good. What let, let's go. We're out. Just sail on home. Yeah, we're out of there. Yeah, what? this is all Kissinger and the petrodollar. This is this whole idea that you know, y- look. If you're European, you need the fucking gas in in the Middle East. You need the cobalt in the Congo. You you need the the the, the I, I don't know. You you need the um what are those Really good uh, moisturizing creams that they were they were selling in the middle of the mall kiosk with the with the salt from the Dead Sea, salt from the Dead Sea, salt from the Dead Sea there cream. You go. Yeah, you yeah. need the salt from the Dead Sea cream. We don't need that shit. <laughs> we don't need that shit. We don't need that gas. We don't need that oil. We don't need the the cobalt. We don't need the dead salt the the, the Dead Sea uh Dead Sea salt cream. We don't need it. You guys you guys need it. You fight for it. If, <laughs> if there's really. <laughs> What? This is great. What? This is great. If there's really a European identity, I, you know, if, if there's gotta, really a European a union, a second, a you motherfuckers unionize. I have not talked Time to you to for a while. Time to fight a war. I have not talked to you for a while. 
and your sword has become very sharp at exactly the right time. Everybody needs to know. Royce and I, we haven't discussed this for a long Too time, busy. but we actually agree. What in the fuck are we doing there? I just said as we were coming on. The we're, Suez Canal. We're, we're the only dumbass bouncer in the history of bars that paid to be a bouncer. Usually when you're a bouncer, you get paid to beat people up. We're actually paying. That's how bad the British have fucked up our minds. Oh, We're actually paying to be a bouncer. I said it the other day. I said, look, I said, look, when you, you know, if you want to pay, if you want to look, it's one thing to be a whore. It's one thing to be a prostitute. It's the oldest profession in the world. Get paid. I get it. Get paid. Get paid. Right. Don't pay to be a prostitute. What? What is You're that? You're paying them to be a prostitute. To be a prostitute. That's very strange. That's cuckery. That's the that's yeah, perverted. That's very perverted. It's very perverted. It means our whole culture, at its base politically, mm-hmm. is perverse. And is it any surprise? No wonder that it's spread out everywhere. <laughs> no wonder. Very simple fix, then, right? You restore spiritual and physical boundaries. Yes. That's it. The spiritual boundary is to stop being a bouncer for no benefit. That's the political boundary. Correct. Yes. I mean, you know, there is a case to be made for being a Hessian. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a mercenary. That's a choice. And as the Godfather said, what a man does (coughs) for his living is none of the Godfather's concern. I mean, if people want to be mercenaries, like I have a friend. You were talking about your friend. I have a friend. They're mercenaries. Mm -hmm. They're killers for pay. Well, they served in the military. Nah, it's a voluntary, it's a choice. It's your choice you make. It's a mercenary role. That's cool. You're getting paid. No, that's not cool. No, no, it's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. People are making a choice. Yes. But to do things. But even that's not cool. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. No, I'm saying for us to do things as a culture and not understanding the choices that are being made for us, and our whole society is wound into this conservatism, I love the fact that, you know, when you first started to say that. Conservative? It bothered me, okay? I have to be honest. But actually now, after watching this Ron DeSantis fight, Trump is making it cool not to be a conservative. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. Because the conservatives suck. Yeah, because what he's saying is this whole conservative movement is really, the whole conservative movement is really the scam here. And that's why they say, you're not a conservative. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm I not. read it all the time. You're a liberal. Oh, uh-huh. well, I guess I am. No, well, no, I'm not. No, a no, liberal. I'm saying yeah. there are certain ideas in here. Let me give you a liberal idea. Mm-hmm. Real liberalism, American liberalism, know your own tradition. We have an anti-war movement here. It's unlike the one in Europe. We had an organic movement of people that said, we don't want to have a military-industrial complex. We don't want to run our country killing people. That's the core of what has turned into this perversity (coughs) that's on the way to send $95 billion. $100 billion. Small change, baby. Some change. Some change. We just robbed the pootie for $2 trillion. Look over here at this $100 billion. Fight about that. Fight about that. I mean, the international international commerce is in such great jeopardy. Our interests. Because a ragtag. Our interests. A ragtag band of Houthis and their blowfish. Are are we are must threatening protect our international the interests. communication lines of the entire 
region. And, and you know, international business can't survive this. But we have enough, we have enough good faith in the, <clears throat> in the business model. Can I, keep, can I tell you a secret? To send $100 billion. Wait, I want to tell you a secret. You, your listeners and viewers are <laughs> going to love this. Here's a secret. Here's a secret. Here's a secret. So there's actually real boats mm-hmm. carrying real shit yeah. going through that canal. Right. It's actually a very important waterway. These boats are, some of them are bulk carriers. Some are what, tankers. A lot of them are container vessel ships carrying your Ikea supplies. You know, very- hey, fuck Ikea. I never liked Ikea no, But anyway. I'm going to tell you what happened. I don't like Ikea. You know, all of the international shipping <laughs> companies, the big ones, guess where they're all from? Mm-hmm. They're all Europeans. Oh, the whole, but no, not even that. We're still under British Admir- uh, Admiral Admiralty Law. law. That's correct. Well, that's the, that's the greatest sign right oh, there who baby, we're protecting. You, and when you want to talk about not beating the house, you don't go into the king's court and fight with the king. It doesn't have the a The British outcome. Admiral Law of the waterways. Admiral, yeah, that's the way it is. Right now in America. For real. Yeah, we, we abide by the law. That's correct. There you go. Do I, do I need to say more, ladies and gentlemen? But no, who, you got to you, understand. Who you're really fighting for, but, who but, you're bleeding for, who but, you're giving but money to. But let me tell you some of the unintended the consequences, because I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Who's paying the Houthis to pop off these mis- missiles? And I'm going to give you another theory. I'm not saying this is the only thing, but if you get over here on this street corner mm-hmm. where the money is, all these international shipping companies, right? Because the Fed said, eh. they have a vote, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then the shipping companies have nothing to ship because there's no fucking money. Right. So the steamship companies were getting 20000 a container during the COVID helicopter money surge. Mm-hmm. It was 1500 You know what it is today? What? Oh, it's up to about 6000 and moving up quick. Mm. Oh. So there's always money to be made in, in war, isn't right. there? Right. War is very inflationary. Yeah, right, absolutely. The Biden administration finds themselves in a tight bind. It's a tight bind. If they keep going with this shit, there's going to be a huge wave of inflation right before the election. They'll do really goofy things like they're doing right now, taking all the Trump taxes that were meant to protect the jobs of Democrat union labor Mm -hmm. and lowering those taxes way down and selling out the American manufacturing, what's left of it. They're doing it right now because they want to give you a nice inflation number after all. So they're lowering the tariffs, Mm -hmm. which makes things cheaper. Yep. Okay, didn't really change inflation. It's a statistical anomaly. Right. Because as long as they keep printing money. We're good. We're good. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell you that things are not what they seem to be. We got to drill down. They're exactly what they seem. You're getting fucked. Well, if you want to make it simple, that's a good t-shirt. Oh, this is, oh, this, this shit is exactly what it seems. It doesn't have to be complicated. You're getting fucked and you're putting money on the nightstand for it. That's it. That's funny. <laughs> Professor Penn, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Hebrews. We appreciate you being in here. We're hitting the two-hour two mark, which we're going to stop short so we can uh, stream this on, on X. Uh, we can't we can't. Did you have it. fun? I fucking love this. We got to do it again. Next week, we'll do it again. I'll let you talk more next week, so stay tuned no, no, for the you next were, episode No, no, you were hot tonight. You were on I'm pissed fire. Off. I, I, I can't fucking I'm not stand. Gonna, I'm not breaking I in. can't stand. You know what really pissed me off? Huh. That they would call Tucker uh, a traitor. That really pissed me off too. That really made me upset this pissed week. Pissed me off. And it's not that I agree with Tucker on everything. Tucker came from in the machine. He's he unknowingly has been in dot, but he's a hell of a lot better than anything else we got out there in mainstream media. And for them to call him a traitor is just a, the the clearest sign that they're afraid <clears> of something. 
They're the, afraid. The narrative is crumbled. I mean, the narrative is just has become as as decadent as we possibly could imagine. So, uh, I so was spread off the word. Them. Send out the podcast. Click the like button. Leave comments. We need your help to build the movement. Yeah. We're not doing this for fun. We're doing this because we're on a mission. We need your help. Please help. Free People Radio. Is that saying too much? Well, that was great, man. I had a great time. Thank you. Th- thanks for being here, All Professor. Right. Good to see you next we're going to do week. it next week. All right. We're going to do Hebrews again next week. All right. Because I, I I went off the went off the handle. But anyway, we we appreciate you all being here. We appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. Um, we we thank uh, the War Room Posse and everybody over at the War Room for streaming the podcast on Getter and on Rumble. Um, Grace Chong, Maureen Bannon, the great Steve Bannon. Um, we hope that you you have an open mind at the things we're saying. I know it's tough. It, it 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 strikes right at the heart of things. It's it's uncomfortable, but it's the reality. At least it's a hey, the we, search for truth. We we challenge you. We challenge you to to test it. Put put it to the test. You know, put pull your own research and and see what we're saying. Just check and see if the British the British Admiral uh, law is is the law of the land. If the if the American the law of the seas the law of the sea yeah the, well America because the money that flows across the land comes from the the commerce that done across the seas so ipso facto. We're still living under John of Jonathan uh, John Halford McKinder Halford John McKinder's uh, you know Eurasian World Island theory. Anyway, um, we appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy this Friday, uh, tomorrow night. No, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, Real America's Voice, the Royce White Show, uh, the premiere of the Royce White Show. So tune in for that. Happy to be on Real America's Voice with some other patriotic pipe hitters like the great Steve Bannon. Um, tune in for that. I'll see you guys next week, or I'll talk to you guys next week for the Royce White Radio Show on the John Fredericks Radio Network. Isn't that cool? We're enjoying that Wait, a lot. you know, I want to say one thing, young okay. man. Okay. Radio is the new cool <laughs> yeah. because radio yeah. is a place where we can speak in an uncensored fashion. Yeah. We can tell the truth, any truth, as long as we don't swear. Which wouldn't have uh, which wouldn't have went over well for today's podcast, but isn't it uh, interesting that in some venues you can swear like a sailor, but there's other rules. Isn't that interesting? The thing I'm enjoying the most about the radio show is being able to blend the music and the culture in with the with the message. I think a lot of black music, especially from the '70s, was mis misappropriated and used for for ill-gotten political gain. So I'm happy to be able to repurpose go to the it, John Fredericks Radio Network website and see if it's in your city. If there's a radio tower. It's Philadelphia, it's Atlanta, it's Charlotte, it's Pittsburgh. It's important urban centers. And if you're watching Royce and you have connectivity in those communities, please let the community know that a very not cool radio station has a super cool radio show with great music and entertainment and sports and politics. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I think the radio station's cool. But anyway, it's Well, it's, I'm just saying we got a new audience for this radio it's, station. It's good to mix a new little new audience. It's good to mix a little James Brown with with the uh, with the America First message. It's, it's uh it has a certain uh, unique uh, flavor oh, and, and ring to it. Um but but anyway, we uh we appreciate you guys. We thank you Professor Penn for being back in again. We're going to do it again next week. Um please pres- Subscribe to the Professor Penn Podcast on YouTube if you haven't already. Um, you can also follow him on social media now, Professor Penn, on most platforms. Uh, so Professor it's Penn It's Prof on, Penn Podcast on X. You can find him. It's, it's going to be Professor Penn on, on most platforms. Um, so like, subscribe to the channel. 
And uh, we'll, we'll see you again next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, the fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. As always, God bless America and Godspeed.